to Erotic Nonsense, the podcast where two friends dive into the world of romance literature in order to find each other's and your next great lay, I mean read. <laughs> we'll explore it all, classic bodice ripping historical romance, provocative political thrillers, sexy sci-fi, and everything in between. Every week, we'll each cover one story, no spoilers, we'll share our favorite moments, which of your favorite tropes to expect, and rate its readability, how hot it is, and how romantic it is. We'll let you know if a book passes the vibe check, share any content warnings to watch out for, and most importantly, is it even good? I'm Lauren. And I'm Kendra. Now let the erotic nonsense begin. Hi! Well, hello. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing well. Yeah. Good. I'm actually feeling pretty relaxed. So. Oh, it was the opposite of my day. Yep. <laughs> Hectic day. Finished my notes this afternoon. I mean, um, me too. But like for me, I'm like I finished them with like four hours to spare. That's like fucking so early better than for me. last week. <laughs> yeah. We switched places. Yeah. I also had a uh, a road trip kind of for work, like a two hour yeah, drive, that's right. and I was planning on finishing my book via audiobook on the drive, but my book did not have an audiobook. That's so crazy. <laughs> Even like the smallest little books have audio I know I was like I definitely like I was in a rush a little bit so like I but I mean I definitely like searched on Kindle and didn't see yeah. it so like it's possible I just like missed it but I like I don't that think sucks. so <laughs> you know what I figured out um just this week you can return your audiobooks even if you've already listened to them and get your credit back you're like I'm unsatisfied yeah I returned like three in a row just because I'd already listened to them so Huh. It was like, I just was, so there where it was, actually it was one that I hadn't listened to. And I was like, I wonder if I could just return this because oh, yeah. I haven't listened to it. So I like hit the little more button or whatever uh-huh. in my Audible app and then there was a return button. But then I tried another one that I had listened to and it also let me return that one even though I'd listened to the whole thing. Oh, weird. And then I did another one and then I tried to do a fourth one and then it was like, we try to be flexible and allow uh. returns, but if, you know, like when you do too That's many, That's good to it know. No, well, if yeah. you like, if you get a couple of chapters in and decide you don't like it, then, you know, that that's totally. what I would say would be like perfect for. It, yes, and that's probably what it's meant for, but they, I don't know if they just like can't tell how far you've listened to it or what, but like, yeah. I returned some that I had listened to the whole thing, but I was like, I knew I wasn't going to listen to it again. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, because I was also worried about running out of credits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... That was pretty fun to discover That's that you have that option. Yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah. Also, definitely don't give a shit about not giving money to Amazon. To, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, I was a big fan of the, like, adding audible narration or whatever and the fact that it would, like, sync because I use my yeah. Kindle a lot. Yeah, so yeah, then yeah. you can, like, go back and forth. I was a big fan of that for a while. Um, and also, there were a few books where it was, like, if you buy it on Kindle, it was, like, I don't know. I want to say it was it would be like expensive, but then if you buy it on 
you can buy it on like or maybe it's the other way around. If you buy it on Kindle first and then add Audible narration, it ends up being cheaper than if you like just, just buy the Kindle or the audio. Yeah, one of the those. Audible is like you have a credit, right? So I maybe it was like if you didn't have any credits and you just wanted mm. to like buy it or something. But there was definitely like That's a workaround. Cool. I remember being like, "What the?" Yeah, <laughs> totally. So. I yeah, I actually have things to say because I listened to my book. Oh yeah, but I have issues with that and strong like, I feelings wish about that I, yeah the narration. Had not listened, um, and so I think yeah, it I can just... definitely shape your perce- perception. Oh, Should we not one... talk well, about it yet? No, yeah, I mean it's fine, but yeah, one hundred percent it does. Yeah, and I think it caused like actual problems for my book. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just also very sensitive to like who's reading it to me, and there are some mm-hmm. great narrators out there, but then there are. I feel like I've fine. said it on this podcast before, but something about a male reader doing a female voice grates on my nerves. It's like so uncomfortable. Jim Dale's Hermione is like, like the it. worst thing in the whole. World. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I totally it's get that. Infuriating yeah. and upsetting. Like well, a female like, narrator is fine. A big part of but... why I read romance is to like not experience the like male gaze yeah. or anything. And so I'm like, I don't need like a man's mm-hmm. voice in my ear. Like, I mean, almost ever. Right. <laughs> but like, yeah, I hate that. But even even with a female narrator, this one had a female narrator and I just um I don't know, it just has to be right for sure. Yeah. Anyway, so I have been listening to a new podcast. Okay. Um I have not been listening to my favorite murder. Me neither. <laughs> so I needed a little something to fill the void. Mm-hmm. And so the podcast that I have been like mildly binging um is called The Honey Do Me podcast like honeydew melon okay honeydew me okay and it is like it's a podcast hosted by two women where they literally just talk about like how to be better at and enjoy sex more oh my god i need this (laughs) it's so fun so there's literally there's like there's actually two episodes on like how to give a good blowjob and like how to go down on someone and like all this different stuff. There's an, a really good episode about, like, how to be more sensual, both, like, mm. in a sexual encounter, but yeah. also just in your day-to-day. Um, and, yeah, I, they, like, so there's two hosts, and then uh-huh. they bring on an expert every time. Every, oh, that sounds whatever. so good. It's so good. I'm just, like, it's funny, because I definitely was, like, rolling up to a showing one day, and I was like, oh, I'm listening to How to Be Good at Blowjobs. <laughs> Maybe I should turn this off <laughs> <laughs> that was something I meant to say last week oh, when yeah. we recorded Flames of Chaos. That was the first one that I was listening to in the car with my daughter. And I was like, I, like, I should not be. Like, I mean, she <laughs> does, she's not even like really talking yet, you know? Yeah. But like that one was like so vulgar and well, like and explicit that I was like, Ugh. Yeah, it kind of feels bad. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, and she's approaching that age mm-hmm. where she's going to like suddenly start saying like, words she's heard and yeah you don't want her like taking those no words to daycare <laughs> exactly yeah so that oh was, my god yeah. that's hilarious yeah I think about it all the time because I often am listening yeah. to a book or whatever or now like you know a different podcast mm-hmm. and for some reason it feels so different than like true crime because also it's like you're listening to true crime it's like obvious I, what you're listening to mm-hmm. there isn't actually like as much stigma or whatever no. well and plus that i mean it's a little like a true crime podcast or whatever is like 
tends to not actually be that like explicit. Like they don't necessarily talk about like the crime like in explicit detail usually. Yes. Like most don't. Yeah. So it's more about like the evidence and the people and whatever. Yeah. But like if you're like rolling up with like a full on sex scene in the book you're like yes. listening to yes. going like that's <laughs> way worse. I also am like I don't have great hearing so I listen yeah. really loud. Oh, well, you. <laughs> yeah. That did happen to me once last summer where yes. I was at a park and I like turned the car on before putting Maggie in the car because it was hot so I wanted yep. to like start the AC yep. and it like full blast oh came on like, right next to like a minivan with a bunch of kids. I was like, oh, oh. Sorry. <laughs> That's hilarious. Come on. Yeah. Oh man, the perils of audiobooks. Right. Anyway, um, yeah, they are myriad. Um, all right. Well, should we get started? What are we drinking? Okay. Yes. We are drinking. Ooh, let me scroll roll up. All right. <laughs> I struggled to name this drink so bad. <laughs> so I wanted something to call it something like the opposite of Christmas in July. So I came up with Labor Day in February. <laughs> so that this works. Is that works. Labor Day in February. <laughs> um, and I didn't write down the recipe. Let me pull it up. Okay. So it is 1.5 ounces gin, half ounce limoncello, um, pour over ice with lemon juice and lemon for garnish, and then top with lemon soda water. Totally so, tastes like summer. S- summery and refreshing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so the book I read was actually like, it was supposed to be a Christmas book, which I didn't realize when I started it, oh. but it starts out in like the summer, and I just like couldn't get out of that like summery vibe oh, yeah. the whole time I was reading it. So, All right. Well, I can't wait to hear more about it. Should we take a quick break? Yes, we should. All right, we're back. Okay. I read Kiss the Girl by Melanie Jacobson. Oh. Back of book. Is this a Little Mermaid fanfic? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. All right. I did not even make that connection. Although, well. I love it. <laughs> what's funny is that I also saw a Little Mermaid meme while I was researching my deep dive for later today, but I will circle back to that. Oh. <laughs> Love a Little Mermaid meme. Mm-hmm. All right, back a book. At 26, Grace Winters must put her promising career on pause to run her dad's hardware store. She can't wait to leave Creekville again, and she'll keep everyone at arm's length until she's out of there. That especially means the new high school coach, no matter how cute and charming he is. (laughs) Noah Redmond knows Creekville as just a detour for Grace, the funniest and sexiest woman he's ever met. He even joins forces with her to defeat the matchmaking schemes of, well, just about everyone trying to get them together. But when he and Grace must also tackle Bill building a Christmas booth for the town's biggest event of the year, he sees his chance for escape from the friend zone. When Grace agrees to a fake relationship to convince Noah's boss he's ready for a promotion, the plan works perfectly until they share an unplanned kiss that changes everything. (laughs) With the lines between friendship and romance blurred, is their undeniable chemistry worth risking their friendship when their future is anything but certain? I love a good fake relationship. It's, it's like that is definitely favorites. what made me pick this book. And I, I mean, like I kind of mentioned in the intro, I it's a, it's like a Christmas theme book, but I didn't realize that. And I think when I had like put it on my list, mm-hmm. I was like thinking about it for our Christmas special, yep. but then forgot <laughs> why I put it on our list. Yeah. I was just like, oh, this one looks good. Let's read this one next. It sounds great. <laughs> I also am like 
please let me quit my big city career and move to somewhere where I can live on running a hardware store. That sounds great. Right. Well, in the book, Grace is not thrilled about this. She is an aerospace engineer working for like Boeing with like a big fancy job. And she's like upset about leaving it to go home. That's what it sounds like. So, yeah. Um, So casting this book. So I have, is it Jewel State or Sate? State. Oh, Jewel State? Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, my God. From Firefly? Yeah. Like, basically, oh. like, her from from Firefly. Because, yeah, she's, like, she's, like, cute, but then also, like, smart and totally, like, capable and, mm-hmm. you know. Um, she's very funny. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I haven't watched Firefly in years. I, I know. watch it all the time. I love it so much. Um, And then, okay. <laughs> this is awkward. I, like, could not come up with anyone to cast for Noah. Like, I... I'll get into it. The characters are a little shallow, okay. and I just like <laughs> he, like he doesn't have enough of a personality. To, like I like I I couldn't like I just he's like a faceless man. Just insert generic white actor here. Yes. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Um. So main tropes are pretty obvious. Fake relationship. Forced proximity. Mm-hmm. And then the, I just turn, returned to my small town and I can't uh-huh. get attached because I'm leaving soon. <laughs> Does that one have a name? Uh, I don't know, but it needs one because right? it is very, like, it's all over. So just small town, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, small town romance, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the the setup. So she's home. Like I said, she, um, she had to, like, quit her job because her dad had cancer. And so, like, their family oh. hardware store, like, she needed to come run it. Yeah. Um, and she was, like, wanting to do this, but she's, like, very torn between this, like, family obligation and, Mm -hmm. like, her career goals. Um, and she has an older sister, um, so I did kind of relate to her a little bit, being the, like, younger sister with this, like, her older sister has this, like, fancy, um, she's, like, a celebrity chef. Oh, um, gosh. Okay. Yeah. And I think she kind of said that she, I think she, like, started on, like, YouTube and then she, like, mm-hmm. started doing, like, TV shows and she's, like, writing a book and stuff like that. So yeah. she's, like, a little bit of, like, a hometown celebrity. Yeah. So that sort of, like, overshadowed sibling thing who's, like, doing their dirty work. I plays mean, like, it, I don't know how in. overshadowed you are if you're an aerospace engineer, but I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And so... Uh, she meets um, Noah at the beginning in this like totally romance novel like meet cute or mm-hmm. she's like she's at her friend's wedding and like so she runs a hardware store and she's handy right so she helped build the like wedding arch mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. and she was like climbing on it trying to like fix something and then she like fell and got like caught upside down and her like dress <laughs> fell down <laughs> oh my god <laughs> And, like, of course, like, Noah happens along. <laughs> and, like, basically sees her in her, in her wow. underwear. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, and I have to say, at this part of the book, I was, like, 100% rolling my eyes. I, I mean, was, like, yeah, oh, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> God. Um, and, like, it definitely started off feeling super patronizing and mm-hmm. just, like, a little watered down and formulaic. Like, um, the characters needed... It just needed a little bit more development and setup at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I did come around by the end of the book and like okay. kind of really love the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it needed some work. Um, it was very dialogue heavy, so it like had it fell into that trap where like the author is trying to like move the narrative along with 
too much dialogue and like oh, you're finding yeah. out like important plot things like in the middle of a conversation instead of like okay. does that make sense yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so instead of like having a description of like what happened mm-hmm. it's like here's this conversation where i'm telling you what happened it was very i don't know a little odd yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um and then it was also it was a little too like young adulty like i think they like it it's so it's actually set in um it's set in Virginia, actually, about an hour from where my husband is oh, from. No so I, I consulted him on a few things <laughs> because there is some questionable geography in here. Oh. Um, because apparently she, like, want, she needs to move back for her job or whatever. And she, like, says that it's, it's like, a nine-hour drive or something like that. And then, from Virginia to Seattle? No. So, th- so her job was in Charleston? No. What's she Charlottesville? Boeing. Char- so apparently there's a Boeing oh, in okay. <laughs> Charlottesville. It's like, anyway. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, but then like later they say Nine they're hours. an hour from one place. And he's like, no, that geography does not make sense at all. It was like, <laughs> yeah, like nine hours you could drive across like the entire state of Virginia. Or <laughs> like yeah, more. More so, than that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Virginia is like smaller than us. But we yeah, so I don't know what they yeah. were going for. Yeah. Um, and then there was also some other things I consulted him on because I thought they were weird. Like her name is Grace and like and her last so it's Grace Winters. And so people call her Miss Winters in like a formal setting. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, call me Grace. So then they call her Miss Grace. And I'm just being like, that's so weird. But apparently <laughs> that's not that weird, that's like a weird for that region. Yeah, yeah okay, it's like, a, it. okay, I'll call you by your first name, but I'm going to give you like a little bit extra deference, right. like a little bit extra okay. formality than you asked for. Wow. Well, anyway, yeah. Thanks to thanks to Chris for that consult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I totally lost my place. Oh, yeah. It's a little young adulty. Okay. So, I think they like tried to play it off as like a conservative southern thing. Ah, okay. And like, so there is no sex in this book, Ugh. disappointingly. Why even read it? <laughs> and like, I felt like there was like a little bit of like a hint, hints here or there, but like, at one point they talk about being like friends with benefits or like she calls it like having a makeout buddy. But I'm so like, it's just, like, just call it a fucking fuck not, buddy. Yeah, yeah. right. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's like. It's left open to interpretation, right? So, yeah. like, for a kid who's reading it who's, like, 16 and a virgin, mm-hmm. they are going to, like, imagine what that would be for them, whereas you can, like, put your own spin yeah. on it. But. There is also, I think the kid is, oh, she's kindergarten. So there's a five-year-old kid in this that's his uh, niece, mm-hmm. and she is way too fucking way be- well-behaved for a five-year-old. A five-year-old. Like, yeah, that was the part <laughs> yeah. that I felt was like, everyone is magically like so perfect and entertaining this five-year-old. And I'm like, mm-hmm. nope, don't no, buy it. No, no, no. There's <laughs> no such thing as an all-the-time well-behaved five-year-old. Anyway, so I'm not going to waste too much time talking okay. about it. It was fun. Um, the like small-town vibes were like very strong yeah, um, yeah. and cutesy. Um, and it did get me in the end like, I was like choking up a little bit. Um, and yeah, so if you're into like that cheesy Hallmark movie thing where you can kind of like, like very Hallmark movie, mm-hmm. like 2003. <laughs> <laughs> when was it written? Uh, 2021. Oh dang. Okay. Yeah, like November. Brand new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyway, ratings. I rated it a three across the board. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Vibe check content warnings. Uh, it didn't really 
pass the vibe check for me. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it felt a little bit more like passing a vibe check from like the 2010s. Mm-hmm. Like it tried. It definitely like she's an aerospace engineer and she sure. works at the hardware store. Like, but like, that's not, it's not enough. That's not enough yeah. to like be your character. Right. Like that's that doesn't define you enough as a person. Like that's our whole personality. Yeah. 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 And then they like completely ignored any kind of like social or racial issues. It's pure escapism and white as fuck. No yeah. mention of diversity, you know. Yeah. Very white bread. All right. Let me pull up my favorite line. Okay. All right. So this is a scene from like the beginning of the book. Um, so they meet at this wedding, right? And they're like entertaining each other. Um, and they like do that game of like where you uh like guess like what the people are what their oh, backstories sure. yeah, are yeah, yeah. or whatever um okay i'm in he glanced around the tables then nodded to an older gentleman sitting by himself reading his phone his face pinched that guy just found out he got outbid to buy a bidet company i glanced at him <laughs> good guess but wrong that guy is actually a five-star general who just found out he's getting reassigned to greenland to oversee u.s caribou interests <laughs> wow, I didn't know that we had a caribou supply problem. And you never will if <laughs> and you never will if this guy does his job right. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. I like it. Alright. Going into my deep dive. Okay. Alright, so my deep dive is a <laughs> it's a short primer on Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> oh my god, nice. Okay. Um, so I got most of my information from um this uh blog post okay <laughs> um it's an historian about town.com <laughs> um this article or blog entry is from 2020 so it's not it's not uh, so much of like scientific numbers or anything mm. it's more of just kind of like some things about Hallmark movies. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, okay, so... <laughs> you mean nobody does scientific studies <laughs> on Hallmark movies? I mean, I <laughs> bet they actually do because they're pretty profitable. Oh, yeah, sure. So... Yeah, there is a lot of data about that. There just aren't any, like, papers about it. Yeah, yeah. probably not, like, released. It's yeah. probably, like, in all the, like, network... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I'd be so interested to get a hold of all right? that. That would have been really handy in my vampire deep dive. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, all right. So Hallmark Christmas movies, um, They uh, many people love to hate them or mm-hmm. hate to love them. Um, either way, they originated in the U.S., but they're now aired worldwide. Um, and many people may say that they're cheesy or they're aired too early in the season and they're ruining <laughs> Christmas. Um, but millions of people watch them every year. Um, and there's a reason why so many are produced, and that is they are uh, relatively cheap to make. Yeah. Um, and they get lots of good ratings for um, networks. So um, Hallmark Christmas movies are usually a very specific type of movie. Um, and a note here, it Hallmark Christmas movie is like any kind of cheesy holiday movie it's not necessarily one aired on the hallmark channel anymore yeah Yeah, um i mean i think that's kind of like this author's opinion but i would agree with that i think that's kind of the netflix has like a big yeah like she's cornered the game Mm -hmm. you know every Mm -hmm. year there's like a new vanessa hudgens (laughs) um, (laughs) christmas movie every year (laughs) (laughs) um okay so they sent they tend to be set in a small town they are a lighthearted romance with a strong community spirit and copious amounts of Christmas traditions, like 
cookies, tree lighting mm-hmm. ceremonies, parties, stuff like that always tends to show up. Um, and then there was a shift about five years ago, apparently, away from like any actual magic. She said so. Like originally, so like lots of these movies tended to have like actual magic or elves. Or, really? Yeah. And then apparently, about five years ago, that shifted, and so now the trend is to not have any of that, and it's just about like real people, okay. and like there's like a hint of like spirit, you know, but not necessarily right. like, you know, it's not the Santa Claus with you know uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Allen or whatever. <laughs> so great movie. <laughs> um, Right. Uh, and they don't, like, visit the North Pole anymore. Yeah. Um, they also tend to be very secular. So um, you won't see, like, overt Christian themes. But it's usually very, like, subtle hints. Like, yeah. they go to church. Right. Or, you know. Um, it's definitely, like, open mm-hmm. to, like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's not going to turn anyone who's Christian off. Right. Right, right, right. Um and uh, many of them are also based on popular novels. So oh, yeah. that that's something sense. we could have guessed. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So uh, 2019 um, started the first like uh, 40 new movies thing. And that was to celebrate the 10 years of the countdown to Christmas on the Hallmark Channel. So, so. 2009 was the first year they had the countdown to Christmas where they had like a new uh, an original movie every like so often in a countdown to Christmas. Yeah. Um, And so she didn't have numbers for before 2013. So I don't know how many were in the original, but 2013 they had 12 new original movies. In in one year? Mm -hmm. 2016, it jumped up to 21. 2017, 33 original movies and then by 2019 and ever since they've had 40 original movies what <laughs> i know oh my god i know that those numbers blew me away too so it's like a new one every day for the 40 days leading up to christmas i think so holy shit that's insane <laughs> and i'm trying to it's like it must start like right after thanksgiving or like before right. how many days well it depends yeah Possibly before, depending on the Usually year. before, because, I mean, that's, you know, it's like 15 yeah. more days before into... It's like, yeah, halfway through November. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway. Oh, and they also have Christmas in July weeks where they will sometimes do new movies then, too. New ones? <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> okay, so she also touches on diversity quickly. Um, so... Originally, they almost exclusively featured upper-class white families. Yeah, I bet. Um, past five years, uh, people have um, asked for, you know, been outspoken about saying, you mm-hmm. know, um, raising this issue um, to uh, have a more diverse cast of characters and include other holidays. Yeah. Um, and focus on non-traditional families. Um, so there have been a few increases in those things but they still tend to be generic white upper class families or middle up to upper class families um okay uh starting in 2019 they did feature some other holidays so there were two hanukkah movies (laughs) um so apparently there were two on hallmark and then one on lifetime so there's three total hanukkah movies (laughs) Wow. <laughs> um, but they were, like, kind of criticized because it was basically just a Christmas movie. Like, they didn't change anything. They mm-hmm. didn't, like, 
like I don't think they even included actors who are Jewish in real life. Oh like God. I mean, I think like they said that generically they didn't. So like maybe one or two did, but <laughs> just like um, coincidentally. Yeah. Um, it's also just a totally different holiday with like a total with super different traditions and it's like not as high key as Christmas. No, it's so well it's yeah, like, like in yeah. the Jewish faith it's a very not important holiday. Right. Not, I don't want to say not important. It's not the most important holiday. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So LGBTQ in Hallmark. Uh there was one in 2020 and hallmark in 2020 also released a statement saying that they were committed to including characters and storylines but it's still been very few um so wow uh, yeah yeah. so uh she kind of goes on to talk about a little bit like why they're so popular um and it's like it's a comfort thing like that's all it is it's nostalgia it's nostalgia but i i am still actually I still don't get why they need to do so many new movies every year. Me because neither. Yeah, like, for me, personally, like, my comfort zone is a movie I've already seen. Oh, hell yeah. Especially so, at Christmas. So, yeah. Um, but I do think there's, like, a little bit of an overlap there. Because they are, they are very similar to the kind of, like, mass-produced romance novels. So... Right. I guess, like, <clears throat> the argument could be made, like, is it really new? <laughs> oh, good point. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, it's a new movie, but it's really the same. So, like, the vibe is still... Yeah. This, like, feels nostalgic and... Yeah. I guess, yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, wanting to know what that slight twist might be. Mm-hmm. All right, um, so I am going to wrap this up with this listicle Ooh, fine, okay. <laughs> called The Ten Weirdest Ways Couples Met in oh. Hallmark Christmas Movies. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. Let's do it. <laughs> and this is from ScreenRant.com. Yep. <laughs> All right. Ten military pen pals. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that even existed no, anymore. Like two people in the military or like someone no, at home and someone I in the military? I think, uh, God, I didn't. You should ask Chris about this too. I know. <laughs> I wish this listicle just like had it like what the actual movie name was. Yeah. But it's just like a generic list. Um, I imagine it as like someone in the military and someone not in the military. Yeah. Like I think that program does exist. I think it's mostly for like children though. <laughs> Like a oh like a program like, that like, like military sets you pen up. pals yeah, yeah. no like I don't think it's meant to be like a dating thing right yeah okay. all right <laughs> number nine they both have dogs <laughs> which I also find <laughs> hilarious because the dog park is like the least romantic place you could possibly go it's disgusting <laughs> like poop everywhere smelly and, yeah. yeah people are literally picking up shit <laughs> yeah worried about like what your dog is gonna do or what yes. other people's dogs are gonna do although, to your dog or you. Yes, although I also know that, like, dog owners are the most, like, I don't know how to describe it. They're, like, it's, they're, they're the most, like, overtly, overly friendly people. So, yeah. but, like, it's never anyone you, like, really want to talk to. <laughs> like, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah But, totally. like, I, whenever I go to the dog park, it's always because my dogs are, pissing me off and like they need yeah. to run around and right. I just like want to get it over with and like yeah. get in and get out. You don't actually want to be at the dog park. No. <laughs> no one wants to be there except the dogs. Oh god. All right. <laughs> Number eight. Christmas pageant. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um Number seven. Cancelled travel plans. Yep. Number six. Business competitors. 
can totally see that. I think I read a book about that. (laughs) (laughs) Number five, mistaken identity. Oh. (laughs) Number four, one of them doesn't believe in Christmas. (laughs) I mean, that's like every Christmas movie, yeah. (laughs) Number three, letter to Santa. I don't know, like... Okay, but how do they meet through that? Their, like, letter was, like, misplaced and delivered to the wrong... But that one, yeah. Number two, amnesia. Oh, nice. (laughs) And the last one is time travel. (laughs) That I would watch. (laughs) That one doesn't sound bad. Cheesy fantasy is, like, it's my fave. Nice. Good job. That was fun. (laughs) Let's take a break. Sounds good. (laughs) All right, my turn. So this week I read Love and Other Disasters by Anita Kelly. Um, Okay, just this is like brand new. It's only been out for a couple of weeks. Oh, nice. Um, So I'll start with the back of book. There's nothing like a little competition to heat things up. Dahlia Woodson's culinary dreams are coming true. Sure, her marriage ended in a hideous explosion of misery, and she's quit her job for the gamble of a lifetime, but she's finally a contestant on the cooking show Chef's Special. Now all Dahlia has to do is not fall on her face more than once, make the best food of her life, and try not to get distracted by her hot, incredibly dishy competition. London Parker is fighting for more than just a cooking title. Not only did they just come out as non-binary on national television, but this is an opportunity for London to raise some support and a ton of cash for the queer community. No pressure. Getting distracted by a tiny and adorable tornado like Dahlia could be disastrous. Still, somewhere among the flying fish tacos, rampant egos, and culinary chaos is something that looks a lot like deliciously spicy chemistry. But can London and Dahlia's growing relationship take the heat, or are they about to get burned? Oh. Okay. So, casting, this was really hard. Although, so, obviously it was hard because there are not a like whole ton of famous non-binary mm-hmm. folks working in Hollywood. Um, but actually, I had an easier time casting London because there was this, there's this comedian on TikTok that uh, I don't know if you've ever seen their TikToks, but they do the like the bit where they're like, everything, all I can do is things that a little frog on a lily pad could do. <laughs> and it's like the <laughs> funniest series. <laughs> I will send it to you. Um, but anyway, they are a queer non-binary comedian and i just thought of them like the second i even saw this cover because they look exactly like london (laughs) uh it's like short strawberry blonde hair tons of freckles anyway um and then dahlia i actually had as like a vanessa hudgens type she's like (laughs) tiny and Uh like high energy and like bubbly and cute and fun um, although she is definitely like going through some shit, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that right. is my cast. Uh, Charlie James is the name of that comedian. Okay. The tiny frog on the lily pad comedian. <laughs> so there's stuff. You'd need to send that to me. <laughs> so hilarious and wholesome. Um, you should post some on our Instagram. I should, yeah. God, they're so cute. Okay. Um, so main tropes, you know, this is a reality TV competition. So, of course, forced proximity, right? Like, they are stuck in a hotel room and studio, or not room, but hotel and studio together mm-hmm. for weeks on end. Um, not, you know, seeing any of their family or anything. Um, and then the, like, grump and sunshine. Trip. Okay, yes. Love it. Love it. 
Um, okay, so overall thoughts. Um, okay, there were a lot of things that I really liked about this book. Um, but ultimately, I'm like kind of lukewarm on it overall. It did have a very satisfying ending. So like, it's worth pushing through to the end. Um, and I know I sound like a broken record at this point, like on this podcast, but I just feel like this book could really have done with some editing back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the blurb on the front says, fantastically fun. And I think it really could have been, mm. but it was like kind of bogged down by some angsty inner life that just mm-hmm. like went around and around in the same circles that I just get really exhausted by. Um, and then possibly this comes back to like the reason why contemporary romance usually isn't my favorite subgenre of romance is because ultimately what causes all the tension and drama in the narrative is just like people's feelings and mm-hmm. their life situations, which is like kind of real and boring, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> totally. um, which probably works really well for some folks because it, you know, does uh-huh. feel real and like legitimate and important. Um, but I don't know. I just get bored. (laughs) It's like, I don't, when I'm reading, I don't want the like boring mundanity of like day-to-day life. You know, I want something a little more special and exciting, something that I don't experience every day myself. Um, And then the other problem, which I mentioned earlier, is that I listened to the audiobook. Yeah. Was not a fan of the narrator. Mm. Um, And I just like... Everything about their delivery, her delivery, was, like, real kind of tortured and, like, you know, Dahlia's supposed to be this, like, bubbly, like, Uh fun-loving, like, hide your real feelings with comedy kind of, you Uh know, like, which I can totally get behind. Like, that's, like, very similar to who I am. So (laughs) I like that kind of character. Hmm. Um, But everything, like, the way the narrator voiced her was just like it felt like she wasn't into anything that was happening Uh, so it didn't feel good you know there were like multiple scenes where I was like okay London seems really into this and excited but Dahlia doesn't but then like the words were saying that she was and that they were both into it but like the the delivery just missed that mark like like she wasn't all there and so it just left me with this weird kind of uneven feeling in their relationship um and it just like the voice for her was sort of listless and sad was it the same voice actor doing like the whole book so were they doing like a separate voice yes, totally for, for london okay. and so but like it worked for london because london was like their whole personality was mm-hmm. kind of like buttoned up a little bit grumpy mm-hmm. so like that delivery worked for them yeah but it didn't work at all Gosh. for Dahlia because she's supposed to be like bubbly right. and hilarious. Uh, yeah. The whole, um, like the process of hiring a voice actor or a reader for audiobooks, I, that it in- must be interests hard. me. And yeah, I'm, curious, I'm wondering what it's like. Yeah, like how much say the author gets or if it's mm-hmm. like chosen by the publisher or what. I, did, I actually looked the narrator up because uh-huh. I was like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, and she has like a whole website where she has like all these little clips where you can hear her doing like different accents mm-hmm. and like she's clearly like yeah, she's also an actress, which a lot of them mm-hmm. are actors. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't into it. I yeah. really, really wish that I had just, just read, read the book because I think it would have hit me a lot differently and I wouldn't have had those same 
problems. And I think it just really like amplified how like annoying the inner life parts were, mm-hmm. you know, because the delivery was so like sad sack all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, ugh. <laughs> anyway. Interesting. Um, okay. But I did like the book. So I actually really liked the premise. So even though I do not watch reality television, mm-hmm. I love a book that's like got a sort of challenge series of challenges as like mm-hmm. the framework for the story. And so that worked really well for this. Um, and I love forced proximity and like, yeah, yeah. Forcing characters <laughs> to like get real with themselves about their feelings is like, love it. Um, and it also just, like, something about forced proximity, like, sends me back to, like, our school days. Yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah. school all when you have your crush and... Yes, exactly. You, and you're like, oh, I might sit by my crush today. Or, yeah. oh, like, there's... Yeah. Will our teacher make us partners in yes. our next group project? It's like, I can't exactly wait. that. Yes. And so you're, like, waiting for, like, the universe to throw you together, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. it's... Yeah. It's very exciting. Um so, and I really enjoyed the characters, especially, like, as they were written. Um, so, despite the narrator's icy presentation of both of them, I really identified with Dahlia. And then, um, who's kind of, like, a mess, but really good at presenting a, like, together um, mm-hmm. outside self and being, you know, just, mm-hmm. like, she's very good at sort of disarming people and she's funny. And, and she like isn't sure what she really wants out of life, but is comfortable like diving in and making a huge change when she feels it like calling to her, which I also love. Um, and she's short and whatever, which is also me. <laughs> um, and I also really liked London. So I love a good sunshine and grump vibe. Yep. Um, and even though London did warm up really quickly, um, I loved their initial like stoic exterior and how serious they were about mm-hmm. everything you know because they like came to win and they're like serious about uh-huh. cooking and this is a serious competition <laughs> um and then you know they're so serious and then here comes like perky little dahlia like <laughs> oh we're just having a great time and watching them like try to figure out that oh whole my vibe. god that's it's funny fun. that you i totally relate to uh, the non-sunshine character in right. that where I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, ugh. Yep. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> Except that you secretly love it. That's the thing. It's like, you know, you can be as grumpy as you want, but I just love watching a grumpy character try to, like, figure out how to, like, you know, get on the same page with this, like, sunshiny little ball of energy. Um, and how, like, it's like... They hate it, but also they love it. Like, (laughs) it's just the best. Um, I also think the author did, like, a really beautiful job presenting London's identity as a non-binary person. um, And struggling with, like, how to present themselves to the world and, like, how much shit they just have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. um, Without making the book, like... About pain. Yes, (laughs) exactly. So the book never shied away from the fact that life is hard for London um, or for anyone who doesn't, like, conform to the binary, um, but still allowed the story to mainly be about the relationship between London Mm -hmm. and Dahlia and the, like, joy that they were finding in that relationship um, and their own, like, success in life and, like, you know, feel good about what they were doing and why Mm -hmm. they were there. Um, and like, obviously as a woman, it's not up to me to give the final say on whether this representation is Mm -hmm. perfect, but it felt really well balanced Mm -hmm. to me. Um, so I've already said that they have a sunshine and grump vibe. So that dynamic was really fun. Um, there were some times in the book though, because of the narration that I felt like Dahlia was like 
still too messed up from her divorce or had like a general sense of lostness um too much so to be like entering into a serious relationship right away but Mm. i really do think that was like a lot of that was in the delivery Mm. in the narration that made dahlia feel hesitant um but london was like so careful and tender with her that it felt really nice um tons of enthusiastic verbalized consent in this book which is great was it sexy (laughs) Oh, man. <laughs> so the sex scenes are good. They are plentiful. Mm. They have real good chemistry. Um, there's some um, public sex. There's oh. some, like, bossing around. Wait, what do you mean by public sex? So they are, like, alone when they do it, but they're basically, like, on a patio at the hotel where they're staying. And there's, okay. like, hedges, but it's just, like, the sidewalk on the other side. Oh. And they're like, okay. there's like okay. a whole real sexy scene during that where um, London is like, won't give Dahlia like her full pleasure until she agrees to stop holding back, like how quiet she's being. <laughs> and London's like, you're normally a lot louder than this. Oh. <laughs> anyway, it's really good. Um, and there, so warning, there's some toe sucking, which I'm not into. <laughs> That definitely needs to be a content warning. <laughs> I know, right? That's I need exactly a disclaimer on the cover for that yes. shit. <laughs> yeah, it's not for me. Um, but no, but it's the sex scenes are good. Um, and they start like halfway through the book. And then, yeah, they're just all like the communication is so mm. good. I mean, like it's all so well done. Um, okay. I, w- I don't want to give like any of the plot away because actually all of the like maneuverings in the reality competition are pretty fun mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to spoil it. But aside from droning on in the inner monologues a bit, I thought this was really fun and light and like great representation. Um, so yeah, definitely enjoyed it. it. Just it probably could be like 80 pages shorter. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so ratings, readability. Okay, I gave it a 3.5. But it might have, I might have been giving it a four plus if it, I had just read it instead right. of listening to the audiobook. Right. Hotness, four. Mm. Romance, 3.5. Again, might be tarnished a little bit by the um, narration. So overall, I gave it a 3.5, maybe more like a 3.75. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, really solid. I definitely would read more from this author. Um, enjoyed their dynamic a lot. So. Vibe check. Overall, it definitely, like, passes the general vibe check. Mm -hmm. You know, it's great representation. Um, There's, like, other um, queer folks in the competition. I mean, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. any romance book. It's, like, really just about the two main characters. But um, Dahlia's brother is also trans. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, there's just – it's really good representation and really well done. Um, and then, but there are like some small content warnings. So this actually only happens off page. It never actually occurs in the book on the page, but misgendering, mm-hmm. um, comes up general intolerance, um, some heavy drinking, which mm. might not, it like is, feels light in the book, but if you like, mm-hmm. it could feel bad for some people. Um, yeah. And then toe sucking. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay. So favorite line. So this is like immediately following a competition on the show. And they have recently been moved to like the same 
workstation after Dahlia's partner got kicked off the show, like eliminated. So they move London over. Mm -hmm. And so now suddenly London is like right in front of Dahlia, whereas previously they were behind her. So she never like actually had to see them. So Mm. she was always like feeling their presence Mm. behind her, but it was like less distracting. And now they are right there. Um, And she is like making a passion fruit coulis and turns around and asks London to try it to see if it's like too tart. And before she like realizes what she's doing, like in front of all the cameras, she's fucking spoon feeding London and like brushing her fingertips along their lips and like immediately goes into hardcore daydream mode about like what if they were cooking together in a kitchen at home and what would happen, you know, anyway. And so she like fully glazes over like in the middle of this and then like suddenly comes back to herself and is like, oh my God. Um, Okay, so then they finish the challenge and then um, this is immediately after. As soon as the crew called them off on a break after the cooking portion of the ingredient innovation was done, London waited until all the other contestants had walked off stage toward craft services or the bathrooms before grabbing Dahlia's hand and yanking her away into an alcove behind the solo interview set. They pushed her against a wall, their hands running down her sides, forehead pressing into hers, and it was all very fast and surprising and awesome. No more covert pinky squeezes then. Dahlia tried to hold in her quivery sigh at the sudden sensation of all of London pressed against all of her again. Tell me what you were thinking about earlier, London said, lips inches away from hers, when you had me taste your coolie and your eyes went all glassy. I don't want to. <laughs> Dahlia cringed at how childish this sounded. London dipped their head to the side to suck on Dahlia's ear while rolling their hips ever so slightly forward. Fucking hey, London. Tell me. Their breath tickled her cheek. Blood thundered in Dahlia's ears. She swallowed. You're very authoritative and sexy right now. You know that? (laughs) Very impressive stuff. Hey, plus work, Dahlia. Okay. I'll leave it there. (laughs) But it is, it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. That only Um, got a 3.5 overall. It did, and I... It's like, again, I just finished it. It needs an asterisk. Yes, it does. It's like an audiobook. (laughs) Just avoid the audiobook at all costs. Um, And it did get a four on hotness. It is definitely hot. Um, And it might have gotten a little ding for the toe sucking. But otherwise, (laughs) it's really good. Definitely recommend it. I would like to read more stuff by the author. Um, Okay. For my deep dive. Oh, no. I just read your paper. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's totally fine. Um, obviously, I couldn't stop Trigger thinking about it. <laughs> so I'm doing a brief history of the foot fetish. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and it's, it's funny. You don't need me for this part, right? <laughs> You're stuck here now. Um, it's funny because I like it had come up recently. Like, I'd just seen references to foot fetishes around, so it was, like, already on my brain. And I, like, truly, like, it is totally, it's, this is literally the most common, like, quote-unquote kink. It's so common that it shouldn't even be called a kink. It is, like, a general preference that many people have. Yeah, I mean, Um, totally. And no kink shaming. No, 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 totally. (laughs) It's just, you know, it's polarizing. Feet are polarizing. Yeah. Um, So, okay, but there is, like, some actual science behind it. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, okay. 
So sources, I used an article called Why Do People Have Foot Fetishes by Natalie Wolchover, published back in 2011, so kind of old, um, on <clears throat> Live Science. A blog post called Dip Your Toes Into the History of Foot Fetish by Stuart Nugent. Um, I get it. <laughs> Subtle. <laughs> right. Um, and a paper called Epiton Bama, Her Lovely Footstep. The Erotics of Feet in Ancient Greece. This is Amazing. an actual academic paper that I had to download and like sort Did you pay through. for it? I did not have to pay for okay. it. I got like one free from nice. academia.org. <laughs> um, and that's by Daniel B. Levine. Okay. And then Wikipedia, of course. Of course. So funnily enough, <laughs> this really isn't something that I have come across in any romance novels. I don't know about you. Um, I don't think so. Yeah. And so I think this is the first time I had encountered it in a book that I've read. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty out there, but um, it honestly is extremely tame in this book. Mm -hmm. It's like very mild Mm -hmm. in um, Love and Other Disasters and it only happens for a second. It's not like a drawn out thing. Um, But yeah, that this is the only time I've seen it. And it's funny because I mean, like, I definitely read more romance than like "quote unquote" erotica. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like, I've read some pretty fucking horny books. Yeah, and like, it's never come up, um, which is also astounding because it is the most prevalent. Like I said, "quote unquote" kink, um, and probably shouldn't even be considered a kink because of how prevalent it is. So I saw a lot of different numbers thrown around. I was gonna say I want to know how this sources, is studied, but um, generally, it seems like about one in seven people show a sexual interest in feet. It's like 15%. Um, I also saw... That's way higher than I thought. It is high, yes. I also saw a lot of articles mentioning that people who identify as male seem to experience... It's called podophilia. Like Uh P-O-D-O. Yeah. Yeah. Um, More often than other groups. But I don't actually see that this has been like researched anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's more of an assumption. Mm -hmm. Um... But despite its prevalence, interest in feet is definitely polarizing. <laughs> in my extremely anecdotal experience, and like just right now, yeah. I, you know, it's like people love it or hate it, right? Um, so, but what can't be denied is that it's existed forever and has been extremely overanalyzed for centuries. Um, so it should also be noted that there are a lot of different kinds of foot fetish. Okay. Um, and we may not even all be thinking of the same thing when we think of a foot fetish. Um, so actually, I don't have this in here, but I'm just curious, like when you think of a foot fetish, what do you imagine? I mean, I think of it as someone who is sexually turned on by like looking something at a foot. about a foot, yeah. yeah. Whether it's looking at or touching, touching or that yeah. it touching you. Totally. And that's definitely a thing. Um, but I thought, why don't we start with having your own feet touched? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, yeah. sure. So a I'm, lot of, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, okay. A lot of folks might enjoy foot massage, toe sucking, um, et cetera, during sex. And this is definitely the most easily explained by science. And okay. there's like a very good reason for this. So um, in 1992, the scientist Villanayar Ramachandran embarked on a study of phantom limb pain, mm. trying to understand the mechanism in the brain that allowed amputees to feel pain in their amputated limbs. Um, at this point, it was already known that the brain areas associated with genitalia and feet are adjacent to each other in the brain's body image map. So your brain has like a body image map mm-hmm. that it uses to like 
understand where our signals are coming from. Mm-hmm. And the genitals and feet are right next to each other. Um, but Ramachandran noticed that in the case of some phantom limb foot patients, amputees' brains didn't just fail to erase the missing foot from their body image map. They accidentally rewired the map in a way that caused the person's phantom foot to become, like, sexy in their brain. So, like, phantom foot patients were reporting feeling sexual pleasure and even, like, attaining orgasms through their missing foot. So. I'm so confused. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Basically, it caused him to think that maybe, like, foot fetishes are simply the result of a crossed wire in the brain that causes sensation in the feet to light up the wrong section of the brain. That makes total sense. Yeah. I'm not... That makes sense. I don't yeah. get how the missing. I guess it would just like rewire slightly yeah. in the wrong area well, or whatever. So I didn't like. Obviously, I wasn't gonna get into like why phantom limb pain is a thing and everything because that's a huge tangent. But basically, it's because like your brain, like you have like a visual map that your brain creates based on like mm-hmm. what you see of yourself, but you also have like a map system in your brain based on sensations that your brain receives okay. from your body. And so you're, like, the, the, like, systems that move sensation through your body to your brain don't just, like, go away when you use that limb. So you're still getting signals. But then that also, your brain is confused because, like, you can see that that limb is not there. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's all these, like, wires that still exist to send Mm -hmm. um, sensation to your brain from that limb. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, there's actually, he, like, invented this, like, kind of therapy called, like, mirror therapy or whatever where you like use this mirror box thing to like reflect your existing limb on the other side so that Mm. your brain thinks the other limb is there and then you can like move the limb and your brain thinks that you're moving both of like your arms or your Mm -hmm. legs or whatever and that can actually ease pain because it like yeah anyway it's fascinating that is so fascinating yeah the Um, brain is crazy it's so crazy um okay anyway so that's like when they you know we sort of gained more understanding of like why maybe that's happening why it's so prevalent right um which uh makes a lot more sense to me also than the idea that freud put forth for god's sake that people find feet attractive because toes look like little penises fucking disgusting (laughs) because (laughs) moment to laugh at that (laughs) nothing's hotter than like 10 little flaccid penises (laughs) <laughs> Ten little tiny penises. Oh my god. Ugh. I'm anyway. so turned on. <laughs> Literally. Sorry, that's hilarious. Also, I like who has ever looked at a foot and thought that looks like a bunch of penises? Freud. Like, <laughs> literally. It says more about Freud than it does yes! about anyone else. One hundred percent. God. Um. But so the genital and foot centers of the brain's body image map being close together does not explain the myriad of other ways in which people can have foot fetishes, such as washing another person's feet, kneeling at another person's feet, being stepped or walked on, foot jobs, shoe fetishes where an uh, actual foot may or may not be required, um, penetrating the genitals or mouth with a foot or toes, um, and then, like, some people prefer perfectly clean and manicured feet when they're interested in feet. Others may prefer sweaty, stinky, or even dirty feet when they're thinking about feet. Um, <laughs> so this is from the blog post by Stuart Nugent that I cited earlier. Quote, 
There are multiple biblical and historical references to the act of washing feet as a deferential, even reverential act of servitude. On the most basic and literal level, the simple act of being at a person's feet, being lower than or beneath them, is a particularly potent image of power exchange. I was going to say, that seems more, yeah, in line with like dominant submissive. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, totally. Um, whilst for some, this position is a way to show respect and perform an act of service and praise, for others, the draw is the concept of being lesser or unworthy to be in the presence of the owner of the feet. Mm. A devotee of the former may massage or respectfully kiss the feet for the benefit and pleasure of the foot owner. The latter, however, may wish to be trodden on, crushed underfoot, ignored, even humiliated. There's a reason that being walked all over or being a doormat are used as derogatory terms for someone weak-willed or highly submissive. End quote. Um, So, And that Mm. guy worked as a dominatrix for 16 years, so he had, like... 60? 16. Oh. (laughs) One six. Whew. Yeah, there were some interesting stories, but... um, Foot references and foot fetish references go back almost as far as human history itself, um, appearing in Egyptian hieroglyphics, in descriptions of um, Aphrodite's shapely feet in Greek mythology, and of course, the Bible. Um, Many of these may not be explicitly sexual in nature, um, but more about station and subservience or cleanliness. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a number of love letters attributed to the Greek philosopher Philostratus in the third century, so like a two 200s that discuss the feet of the recipients multiple <laughs> so um the three or three love letters of philostratus contain similar exhibitions of foot fetishism to a barefoot boy speaks suggest suggestively of a pinching sandal and urges the youth youth to go barefoot as had diogenes ajax and achilles the dust says the lover will accept your tread as if it were grass and all of us will kiss your footprint He concludes by apostrophizing the footprints themselves. O perfect lines of feet most dearly loved. O flowers new and strange. O plants sprung from earth. O kiss left lying on the ground. Another letter praises a woman's bare feet, claiming that she is better than Aphrodite, who gave herself away by wearing squeaky sandals and thus was caught in adultery. So this woman, however, plans better than the goddess had by using her feet as they were meant to be used. A final ecstatic flourish praises her bare feet. This is a quote. (laughs) And concludes, Oh, thrice charmed would I be and blessed if your feet would tread on me. (laughs) Um, F. Scott Fitzgerald, James Joyce, and Dostoevsky were all known as foot fetishists. Hmm. Um, And lots of more modern celebrities have also admitted to having a bit of a foot fetish as well. Um, Actor Idris Elba has confirmed in interviews, yes, since 2013, more than once, Hmm. that he has a foot fetish. Um, And answering in the affirmative to the question while connected to a polygraph for Vanity Fair. (laughs) Um, Other contemporary celebrities who have told interviewers, I have a foot fetish um, or something similar include Enrique Iglesias, Tommy Lee, Ludacris, and Ricky Martin. Ludacris, man. (laughs) Talk about someone in touch with sexuality. I mean, damn. <laughs> um, so there actually were like a ton more. I was going to say, I think of, um, oh, crap, what's his name? Um, he's the, the director of... Quentin Tarantino. Yes. Yeah, that was on there. I was, um, well, it's like the scene of Uma Thurman like walking barefoot in... Mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction? Or is it Kill Bill? Kill Bill. Or both, possibly. Definitely Kill Bill, but maybe (laughs) also, yeah, Yeah. Pulp Fiction. 
I mean, um, those are like she has sexy feet. Like, like I'm not sure. personally like, but I get it. Like, yeah, no, totally. And there's like a whole story about her like lighting a birthday candle or something at a party that she they were both at with her feet or something like, <laughs> like to tease him because it's like so well known. That's amazing. Yeah, um, there were a lot more names, and some yeah. of them I was just not comfortable. They weren't people I, like, wanted to bring up on the podcast. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino like problematic. Not great. And, like, so a lot of them were for reasons like that. And Mm -hmm. then others were for, like, maybe people who don't have, like, a strong enough voice of their own. Hmm. And anyway. Um, So, yeah. There were also some other references out there that looked really interesting, but I couldn't get a hold of the source material to, like, confirm what was actually Mm. said. But it's... Fascinating, and it goes back as far as humans go back. I mean, have you seen Weeds? Like the whole Mm -mm, series? Okay, there's um, a really interesting storyline in that about the like the uncle or brother or whatever your brother-in-law character who has he has like a foot injury. I want to say he like loses toes. I can't remember the premise, but then becomes a like porn star using his like, foot yep. with missing toes yeah, yeah. <laughs> i remember watching that like pretty young being like like, b- <laughs> like being <laughs> like what is this like yeah. world yeah but, you know but it's incredibly common yeah. yeah so um anyway it's just fascinating and i think it's like there's a lot of sort of revision of history mm-hmm. happening where like maybe things were written a certain way or interpreted a certain way before and then it's been sort of like washed clean of a, its sexual nature. Yeah. Um, well, and it, I mean, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's interesting that so many people um, have admitted to it because I feel like it's also one of those things that have been like widely mocked and like criticized and like shamed for. Totally. Like even us, you know, like we're gro- like kind of yeah, grossed out by it. But like, yeah. You know, that's our personal preference. We're not belittling yeah. anyone else's preferences. <laughs> I think that it is also, like, but, kind of safe in that, like, there's a lot of different ways you can have a foot fetish, sure. right? So it's, like, it's different to admit that you like, mm-hmm. a, like, a woman's clean feet than mm-hmm. it would be to say, like, I sure. like it when someone walks on me with their dirty gym feet or right. shoves their foot in my right. mouth or whatever. You yeah, know, like, no, that's a good so point, yeah. So I think that it can be interpreted as pretty tame right um so in that way i think it's like yeah maybe not the most damaging thing to say or most vulnerable thing to say but um yeah it just depends like (laughs) and what exactly you like about feet how vulnerable it is true well yeah and like i mean who doesn't love a foot massage you know and like a a sensual foot massage like does that that's you know there's so many idea of it i'm just super ticklish i'm really ticklish too (laughs) yeah so anyway, just thought it would be no, kind of that fun was great. To, yeah, job. I dive love that. into that. that was so, so good. Cool. All right. Well, what are you reading next week? All right. I am reading Red, White, and Royal Blue. All right. Casey McQuiston. Yeah. I have not read that, but of course have heard of it. Yes. Um, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah. So I can't wait to hear about it. All right. I wanted to do something a little bit different next week. So I am diving into some paranormal romance. Ooh. With Mating the Huntress by Talia Hibbert. Ooh! Yeah. <laughs> that sounds excellent, and I'm very excited for that. All right. See All you right. next week. Bye. Bye.